What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, bro? How you doing? Chilling. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Chilling. Uh, school started. You know, we're a few weeks in school, and just life is just crazy. Yeah. Um, life is just busy. But here's the most important thing is the Bucks <laughs> play in a week and a half. A week from Thursday, y'all. Okay. Listen, I don't know if y'all know this, but Tampa Bay – is win the Super Bowl again. You, you're excited about mm-hmm. that. Now, you're a football fan. and I am. Yeah, you're, you're a Lions fan. Lions fan. I don't call myself a Lions fan. Um, I, I, I associate with the Lions. I will go to games and you know wear the uh, grocery bag over my head and little cutout holes and things like that. You know, uh, I call them the lie downs because more often than not, they will, uh, in a season or in a game, they will find themselves in a place where they think they're going to roar, and then they lie down. Um, they meow. Meow. <laughs> you know, they're not really lions. <laughs> that that's pretty much what they sound like. I feel, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, you talk about sports, and you know, we can make all these predictions we want. We can aspire for them to be the champions that we hope for them to be, but ultimately we got no control over that. Uh, wow. Fans, and it's funny, you go to games, and like I love it when fans will yell out, and sometimes I'm in that camp, but will yell at a ref as if the louder or, I scream. Or yell more, at the TV. Or yell at the TV, even worse. <laughs> like, like somehow Have you ever the done coach, that? Oh, absolutely. I, I've, I've, ye- I've yelled at Jameis Winston to make a decision like I'm like yo, throw it over here. Like so, as if that. So there's change. a difference here. My Lions fandom, I have resigned myself to the fact that the Lions will always lie down, because that's the way, that's the way they've proven themselves over my life. I'm also a college football fan, even yeah. more so. Right. And the University of Michigan is my team, and I remember watching the 1997 college football championship and watching them win that. Watching Charles uh, Charles Woodson win the Heisman. Um, I remember watching years after that where they were winning the Big Ten. And now it's it sucks right now. <laughs> and and so there are moments and my wife has bought me this little it's a little okay, you're learning a little bit of Pastor Ken's secret here. Um, she has bought me this little what we call a dang it doll. A dang it doll. A okay. dang it doll. It's this little uh, thing it's it's a Michigan little doll it's got little little strings of hair but it's it's literally just a head and a torso and and like one leg type thing um and it's it's sewn with a michigan cover and it's just it's a soft like a it's really small it stays in the little corner of my chair and then in football season when there's a bad call or when they do something bad i have been known to at times take that dang it doll out and throw it at the wall um, just simply because, you know, we have a projector and so my wall is my TV screen and so I will throw it at the wall. But essentially it's a healthy outlet <laughs> instead of punching the wall. In a place where I have zero control because I'm so aggravated because they just made a stupid decision or call or whatever. And yes. Bro, so that idea brings me to a few months ago you gave a talk on the illusion of control, mm. which ultimately, look, we come... If, if we never knew that we ultimately don't have control, 2021, yeah. rather 2020, showed us that we have no control. Right. Yet, we believe we do. 
I, I think as we kind of progress into this next year, I think what I would love for us to talk about is this idea of control. Mm. And you gave a brilliant talk a few, uh, it was probably last year actually, in the, middle, was, yeah. in the middle of a place where we had no control. So I think, yeah. I think this will help our viewers. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think we all struggle with that. Well, I mean, so often in life, we, we really kind of treat life like we have control. And uh, Ellen Langer, a psychologist in the 1970s, came up with this idea of the illusion of control. And she really found it when she w began to study people who, like, they thought that they had a better chance of winning the lottery if they picked their own numbers. Hmm. Or they thought that by carrying a rabbit's foot or some lucky charm that it would keep them safe. Uh, and it really kind of becomes this idea of the illusion of control. And even we as Christians, we, we begin to have this idea of the illusion of control. There are times when we feel as though because we have said a prayer a certain way, that our day will turn out a certain way. Uh, and it really is an illusion of control, where we can control outside external circumstances by what we do or what we say. And, and that will oftentimes, it can be really, really destructive in our life. It can lead us to a really bad place. It can lead us to depression, to feelings of being overwhelmed, uh, to feelings of being out of control. I mean, have you ever had that feeling mm -hmm. where you have felt absolutely like life is out of control and running away like a, like a freight train yeah. and there's nobody steering it? And the idea of this, because ultimately we want control because we want to protect ourselves from Maybe people. Well, from hurt. From hurt. We, you know, psychologically, we really, we desire to, to have a peaceful life and to ha protect ourselves from hurt and from harm. And, and so we, we feel as though when we take control of that, then we can protect ourselves. The challenge, especially as a Christian, is what if God's intention is not for us to be protected from hurt all the time? Hmm. What if this illusion of control and us trying to reach out and take control of all the circumstances around us and all the things that are going on around us and, and to fight this and fight that and fight this and fight that, what if that wasn't necessarily God's intent? You know, I've said this statement for a long time that God is more concerned with our eternal character than he is with our temporary comfort. And the thing is, we want comfort now. We're in a, we do. We may be in a crisis. We want relief now we may be in a pinch we want an escape now and i think you you hit on a point because ultimately like ultimately jesus is clear in scriptures that hey bro things are gonna happen that aren't controllable on our end in this world you, you will, will have, have trouble trouble is if and if we can control yeah. it we would control we take out the we trouble take bro. out the trouble yeah but you make a great point this is part of building yeah i character. mean you look at look at any great sports team and that's this is, you know, we'll go right back to that. Any great sports team, one of the things that coaches will try to, to accomplish is to, to drive out or to drive away from any trouble. Mm. Here's, here's the, the concern of that. If you drive too far away from trouble, you also drive away from risk. When you drive away from risk and you don't take risk, then, then you, you also reduce your ability to win. It's this balance point that really the great teams have discovered, this balance point of saying, okay, I'm willing to let go into risk. It's the quarterback that says, I'm willing to chuck the ball downfield 
even though I could have trouble and I'm out of control in this moment, I only have so much control how I'm going to put velocity on the ball. I can't control how fast that receiver's running. I can't control what that defensive back's going to do. I can't control if he's going to trip on the turf or if the if the lawns guy uh, missed a spot and left the grass a little bit too long that's going to cause the guy to trip over grass. I can't control any of that, but I can control the ball, and so I'm going to throw it out there and take a risk. Mm. Um, and, and too often in life we will keep ourselves from stepping out there because of this illusion of control. Until we have enough in control, in our own control, uh, we won't step out there. Well, what if you're just supposed to step out there when you're not in control, when God is? And that's the whole idea of Christianity. That's the whole idea of faith. It really is. It's this, this risk you're taking mm-hmm. in something that you don't control. And you yeah. know, I think a lot of us fail, including myself, I'm risk averse. I don't want to I don't want to do something that I don't know the outcome or the potential of certain things. And so there's that harmful place yeah. where we where we decide not to take risks, but then there's also the opposite or the the other end of the spectrum, the other the other place that we end up in if we live in this illusion of control and that's when things break down. Mm. How do you end up when things break down? If you live in this illusion of control where you're trying to control everything and you're trying to, you know, in life, you're trying to make sure that the kids get here in time and you're trying to make sure that everything goes right. How do you interact when all of a sudden there's a wreck on 301? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and now all of a sudden you're going to be 30 minutes late. So here's a here's a here's a concept. then. so you can't if you understand that you don't ultimately have control, you can't really lose it. So we think about. In situations like that, I gotta be, I gotta be at work at nine o'clock. There are certain things I can control, but I can't control the traffic. Right, and I and I think what happens there is, I, for for someone who's living in a healthy place, is we step back to the place of what we can control. Mm-hmm. Okay, while I have a goal of getting there by nine o'clock, I have I also have control over specific things. What do I have control over? Well, I have control over my reactions. Exactly. And every one of us have have a measure of control within our life. We've just got to make sure that we don't step out and operate outside of what's really in our control and try to c- control that which it isn't in our control. When we do, that's what creates that illusion of control, and it puts us in a really unhealthy place, either risk-averse or in this place when things fall apart where we mentally can no longer hold it together where mentally it will it will drive us to a place of instability within ourselves because now all of a sudden you feel like either you failed or you feel like uh, the things that I've been trying to control I have no control out of and they're just they're they're skating out of control and and you hear this in people's in people's conversation in their in their talks sometimes when when they have this event or these events that begin to go on in their life that are so overwhelming to them and I think sometimes what God's calling us to do in this moment, and I, and I don't, I don't want to say that God is, has planned for you to be out of control in that moment, but what I want to say is in the moment, God's still teaching. He still uses these moments. And I think one of the things that he wants us to do is to step back into the place that we do control and then give him, the, give him all the rest. Because you, you said this interesting point that I want to note. You said... Oh, an overestimation of control is destructive. Yeah. We have to understand that God has full control. Yes. Like we we just kind of, we're on the back skirt of this apologetics conference and we learned that God, the creator, the intelligent design, the ultimate being, whatever you want to phrase him, God 
lives outside of what we know as space, time, and matter. Mm -hmm. And so in that reality, this is something that's always blessed me. In that reality, this is, the, this is where the phrase sovereign comes, right? Mm -hmm. God is above all, mm -hmm. everything. We can't even fathom nothing, right? Like right. we can't even fathom just nothing. That, that's God, God came right. before everything. So if that's the case, if he has full control, that means one, he's never surprised. Correct. If God lives outside, if God lives outside of time, and I love Pastor Brent gave this analogy about how, you know, he can step in and step out. And so you may say a prayer and ask for something now and then maybe God sides he like this kind of concept. Yeah. So he's never really he's never surprised by what happens. He knows what's coming. He knows what is. He he understands. And two, he's never scared. Like, how can somebody who created something be scared of what he created? Well, and here's an interesting juxtaposition for you. God, who is in control of all, cedes his control to you and I. Mm. And yet you and I, who are in control of just us, grasp for that which we cannot control. And, and with that reality, so we have to live in this healthy concept that we are, we're secured in God. If, mm -hmm. he's, if he's in control, if he's sovereign, he's never scared, no surprise. That means you and I are always good. Right. You know, the, it, it means that, that we're always walking in his hand. And but that doesn't mean that we'll always get what we want or we'll always be outside of trouble or outside of this place where there's difficulty or hardship. There are places where and times where he walks us or allows us to walk through difficulty and hardship. Once again, going back to that statement, because he is more concerned with our eternal character than he is with our temporary comfort. Uh, that's a greater cause for concern in his mind and in, in, in the way that he thinks about us. He wants us to look like him, to grow to be like him. And so there's an allowance for difficult things sometimes in our lives so that we can continue to grow to look like him. Now, sometimes that means that we fail miserably, mm. but um, failure in, in our context is not final. Right. Failure is a learning opportunity we have to take where we step back and say, okay, this is not something where I have control over. So what do I have control over? And scripture tells us, man, failure is definitely not final because mm -hmm. all things work together for the good of those right. who love God. And it's one of those things where you nobody wants to fail. Right. Nobody wants to be caught off guard. Right. Nobody wants to be surprised by some of the, nobody wanted coronavirus. No. <laughs> nobody expected it. Nobody in their right mind. Nobody, yeah. exactly, right? Yeah. But there's, there has to be, and you keep saying this phrase, and I love it, we have to be in this healthy space to understand mm -hmm. that we're allotted a certain amount, but mm -hmm. ultimately the person who's in f full control, right? we have to trust in him. And we do, and even even in those places where it feels like he's not, mm -hmm. um, we, we have to trust in him. And understand that, that God, that doesn't mean that God caused... You know, if I were to slap you right now because that's out of your control, that would not mean that God caused me to slap you because he's in control. Remember, God seeds, he gives his control uh, to individuals who have choices. Unfortunately, all of us as individuals are infected with this thing called, called sin, which cause us to do things that hurt one another. Um, and so just because God's in control doesn't mean you won't endure hurt that he didn't design or desire, but yet he'll take that hurt and work it out for the good, for your good. And that's the place we got to live in. It, it is, mm -hmm. it is. And we have to trust him. We have to trust him, and which is a risk. It is a risk because we're not in control. Mm -hmm. 
And, and so, you know, I think ultimately, if you find yourself in a place where you're not in control today, I think the greatest thing that you can do is to step back and ask yourself, well, what am I in control of? Great. And, and the first thing in that moment is you're in control of you. You're in control of your immediate reaction. You're in control of how you, how you talk to your kids when traffic hits and you're going to be late. You're in control of how you're going to feel on the inside, your anxiety. You know, you can reduce your anxiety on your own. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, those who struggle with cl- clinical anxiety have control over that. But what I'm saying is for the normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill Joe or person, by, by understanding what you're in control of, you can reduce your anxiety. Exactly. And you can say, okay, I can't control the traffic around me, but I can control my reaction to it. I can put I can put worship music on. I can I can do things that will help me to turn my eyes away from that which is frustrating me and towards someone who's who's ultimately in control. And so I would say, you know, the very first step is to to control what you can control, what God's given you authority over. And God's given you authority over your behavior, your interactions and and make those look like him. Shove aside all your disappointments, shove aside your hurts and your anxieties, and let's, let's just begin to act like him. Because here's what happens when you do that. When you begin to take control of you, which it's really interesting that so many people are out of control in their life and are trying to grasp that control, but what they don't realize is the very thing that will help them to be in control is if they just control their life, which they're letting out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, we let our mouth just run and we just do all kinds of crazy Which things. Those things have effects. Right? And they do, but we do them in this moment mm-hmm. where we feel out of control in the big life. Well, we're we're getting things backwards. If we if we stop trying to play play God and mess around and manipulate life to make it perfect and we just begin to control us, then we'll have a much better time navigating through life that will be difficult. Absolutely. Control us. Control us, and that's that's it. In parenting, control us. In your job, control us. In your reaction with with your relationship with your spouse or significant other, control right us. Control me. And it doesn't remove our ability to choose or to to discipline or things like you know. You talked about parenting. It doesn't remove uh, the need for or ability to discipline. What it does in that moment is it says, you know what. My child has a choice too. They have control over them. And so they're going to choose and they're going to get consequences for their choices. However, I'm also going to choose how I'm going to interact in this moment. Exactly. And in this moment, I'm going to represent Christ to them. Gotcha. Well, that's good. That's good. Control control me yeah. and, under, and ultimately too understand that God is fully in control and trust in that. Yes. So, yes. bro, loved it. It's good stuff. Good stuff, good man. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. See you guys in a couple of weeks. Uh, just to remind you, at the time you're watching this, we are a couple of weeks from our relaunch. Yes. September 12th. So if you're watching this before then, be there. If you're watching invite after then. Invite somebody. It's going to be good. Yeah. So invite somebody. It's going to be amazing. Yep. And last but not least, go Bucks. See you later. <laughs> later. <laughs>